quickly with us. And um, and it's been incredible. I was like thinking, I'm like, I don't know how to introduce this guy. I love, I love this guy. And in a short amount of time, we've become brothers. Like, a short amount of time physically that I've known him. I've only known him since March. Was that the first time we met? Maybe March or something like that. And then even at that, you know, we spent maybe two or three weeks together only where we've been in the same country. Um, but, um, but God has knitted us together, I feel, in a way. The f- I remember the first time we walked, uh, we were walking around uh, in Buta Buta, and uh, we were walking and talking, and I felt the Lord say to me that we would walk together. And, uh, and it's been a pleasure to walk with you. And uh, to have these guys over for the last couple of weeks, we tried to show them all the good stuff that Ireland has to offer, brought them to Supermax and all that. <laughs> All <laughs> the best, all the best places, um, and uh, yeah, it's been just such a privilege, such a privilege. I, I don't have uh, other words to say other than guys, give this guy your attention, please, and give him a huge round of applause as he comes up. Uh, and uh, please let me pray with you. Um, I bless this man this morning, Lord God, my brother in Christ. I thank you for his heart. I thank you for his love for you, Lord God, his zeal for you, Lord, for the people in. Lesotho, Lord, who've come to know you because of him, Lord, for how in your wisdom, Lord, you've knitted us together, Lord God, and your plans are so much greater than we could have even imagined, Lord. Lord, today is an honor. Today is a miracle. Today is incredible that we get to sit and uh, listen to and Tato Brown share his heart and the word you've placed on it. So I bless him this morning, and uh, we ask that your spirit will be upon him, Lord God, to preach the word, Lord, that you have on your heart this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, it's lovely to be here. And uh, as it has been said, my name is uh, Ndate Brown. <laughs> Ndate Brown. I, I was listening to a podcast some, some weeks or some months ago. And the day Rob had just been to Lesotho and he came back. And he was telling you that in Lesotho or in Africa, every adult, male adult, is called Ndate. Uh, Ndate, you, you start with Ndate, and then you say the person's name. Ndate means sir or mister. So that's how we do it. So that's why they call me Ndate Brown. Uh, so you would call everyone, <laughs> you would call every male adult Ndate or a female adult uh, meh which is Mrs. So we still have that in our, in our culture. So uh, as I continue with my talk with, uh, this morning, I will say, I would be saying, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so when I say that, you, uh, you work with me, right? Okay. Uh, this is my wife, CD. Uh, it has been said that uh, I have this beautiful wife with me and Muteo and Tlotli. We're really pleased to be here. We are thrilled. We have been... Uh, hello, Thomas. Uh, I mean, Tom. Tom. Uh, Tom would understand when I say that. Tom. Yeah. He's been, he's been to Halibesa. I don't know if I can... I don't recognize faces that have been to Halibesa uh, that are in here this morning. That, may I have that? Uh, but it's been a thriller for us 
coming here. We've seen so many parts of Ireland in a very short space of time. We've been hosted very warmly by Penny uh, so and, and Honey. <laughs> And Lady Rob and Mayor Patrice, they've been so good to us. And all the people of Ireland that we have met, they have really been so wonderful to us. Uh, we don't have enough words to say thank you. We can only say those words because we don't know what other words there is to express how, how really grateful we feel. But we want to say also to God, thank you for bringing us here, for connecting us with these great people. Uh, we are really grateful. God is good all the time. Uh, I'm going to speak briefly with you on the subject, joy. I was listening to Nadir Rob speaking here, and he speaks like, you, you know, and I was thinking about me, I was getting nervous that I'm, I, I speak slowly, and I thought, people are going to sleep on me <laughs> in this. <laughs> so, so if you feel like sleeping, please Stand, stretch, don't sleep while I'm speaking. Amen. Uh, I'm going to speak on this wonderful subject. I have had or I have learned that there's a series that has been started here. We're talking about uh, love, peace, joy, and what? Hope. And I have been assigned to speak on joy. Uh, how many of you are joyful this morning? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is what? It's our strength. So uh, I'm going to take you to a scripture in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 11. We're going to read that. Uh, Luke, let's stand there. How can I place this? Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 11. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Uh, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Amen. Uh, the angel said, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. When we look at this verse, we can see that uh, the angels are, are, are speaking to the shepherds in the field who are watching over their shepherds, I mean their, their sheep uh, in the field, and they say to them, uh, we have brought you... Uh, Good tidings of great joy. In other words, we are going to share with you something that is going to bring you joy. Uh, because joy comes 
uh, when we understand life or we see things or life in a certain way, when we have heard something about life or have heard good news, joy billows in our, uh, in our souls, in our hearts, we experience this beautiful emotion called joy. When we have had something. I like it because the angels are, are, are actually saying, we are going to share some, uh, something with you that is going to make you happy. And this is not only to you, shepherds who are out in the field. This is to all people. So all the people of the earth are being promised. All the people of the world have been promised that something uh, is happening that is going to bring them joy. Amen. So, but before we go any further, I want, you, I want to take you to the beginning of things. Genesis. Why would it be good news to us to be told that uh, we, we're going to have a savior? Why would it be good news? Why would, would it be something to be excited about? It's because something happened in the book, uh, I mean, in the beginning. And the book of Genesis gives us that account where God created the heavens and the earth and he created man and he placed him in the garden. And when he placed him in the garden, in the garden, man is in perfect harmony with God and all creation. And man knows no shame, man knows no evil, man knows no sadness. Man is in the garden and in this place there is the fullness of joy and glory in the presence of God. So man has never in his life experienced lack of joy or sadness in the Garden of Eden. So this is how God set things up in the beginning. Uh, but something happened. Uh, man went on living with God. Uh, when you read the Bible, you know, when I read the Bible, it's, it's Genesis chapter 1, the account of creation, and chapter 2, and then in chapter 3, something happens. Uh, man has been told not to take or eat of the fruit of, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But he disobeys God and he eats of that fruit. And now because uh, he has done that, that joy, that sense of security uh, being in the presence of God all the time and be fulfilled by just uh, having this unbroken relationship with God and with creation, something happens and that gets lost. He disobeys the command. And, and for the first time in his life, man begins to know what sadness is or lack of joy or happiness in life. Uh, uh, when sin came, man experienced for the first time sadness and shame and guilt, lack of joy in his life. Uh, it happened uh, to the point that Jesus, or let me say, God, 
God said to men, in sorrow you will eat of the earth all the days of your life. In fact, it says, cast is the ground because of you. In sorrow you will eat of it all the days of your life. So we see that immediately after sin came, man's life was full of sorrow. Sorrow comes into man's life and if you follow what I'm reading here very carefully, you will see that the Bible says uh, you will eat of it all the days with sorrow. You will eat of it all the days of your life. So you can see that now man's life is going to be plagued with sorrow forever. I mean, all the days of his life. He's always going to walk sorrowful. It is sorrow who is going to follow him like a shadow uh, that follows you during the day. Uh, you are always going to be full of sorrow. That's what God says after sin came and destroyed that perfect relationship with men. Uh, that God had with men. Do you still follow me? Amen. So... From that moment on, with the increase of the human population on earth, sorrow could only compound. There could be more sorrow because uh, as long as men or people uh, began to multiply or continued to multiply, that means the potential of sorrow and evil would at the same time multiply. Because now man had been, you know, when we read the Bible in John, we see that the Bible says, unless a man be born again, he cannot, be, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But I also believe that when man sinned, he got born again. He took upon himself the nature of the enemy, the devil. He was born of God initially, but when he agreed, the Bible says, uh, if you obey anyone, you become their servant. You remember that? It says, if you obey, if you give yourself uh, to obey any man or anyone, you become the servant of whom you obey. So when man obeyed the devil, he took upon himself the very nature of the devil. So he was cut completely from God, just as the devil is cut completely from God. Amen. And... Uh, from that moment on, uh, the world was full of hatred, it was full of corruption, it was full of violence, and all sorts of evil filled the earth, and there was no joy in the world. It got so bad that in Genesis chapter 6, verse 6, the Lord, the Bible says, the Lord repented that he had ever made men, men had become so evil that God said, I wish I didn't create men. And then, because God is so good and he's so faithful, in the very, at the very moment when men had just sinned, God came down and he made a wonderful promise. This is one of the greatest promises for me in the Bible, where God said, uh, and the seed of a woman 
shall come and crush your head. You know that scripture? That God says to the devil, to the serpent, I'm going to send someone who is going to take authority away from you. I'm going to send the seed of a woman. I'm going to send a redeemer who is going to correct this that has just happened now. And God waits for 4,000 years to fulfill that promise. I mean, he works on it 4,000 years uh, in fulfillment of the promise that he made in Genesis chapter 3. So, to me, the whole Bible is about man and God, and God lost man, or man got lost. <laughs> God bought came down seeking and saving men and now men can have a relationship with God. Amen. Amen. Now, God takes 4,000 years and he does his own thing and along the way he picks he picks a family. The family of uh, a man called Abram, who ended up being called Abraham, the father of many nations. And he calls him, he takes him on a journey, and he multiplies his descendants. And his intention is to teach the whole earth about this Messiah that is coming, the seed of a woman. And he institutes a system of worship. That is pointing to a lamb that will be born one day and the earth can experience joy once again. And he takes them, he appoints kings, he appoints uh, priests, he appoints prophets in preparation for the moment that we meet in Luke chapter 2 where we just read. Where the angels come and say, we bring you glad tidings of great joy to all the people. Why? Because at one point, what this little baby, baby Jesus is bringing, got lost and there has been gloom and doom all over the world since then. But now God changes things with this promise uh, of the Messiah who is now born. Amen. Now, in the New Testament, that's where we see the long-awaited promise or Messiah coming. And the seed is here. Redemption is possible. Sorrow can be turned into joy. The Redeemer has come. And to all the promises of God, every promise that God has ever made, he says yes to it through Jesus Christ. Now, I understand why the angels are saying to these people that are listening to them, we have brought you good tidings of great joy. Why? Because everything that has ever happened, all the brokenness in the world, all the hate, all the hatred, all that sorrow can now be turned into joy. We are here now today speaking and singing these songs of joy, celebrating this very moment when God was so faithful to us as the human race. He sent his only beloved son so that whoever believes in 
him should not perish but have eternal life. And now we can live our lives in hope, in joy, in peace, knowing that the Redeemer has come. The price has been paid. A way has been made for us to go back to the Father. We can be joyful, not because the circumstances have changed in our lives, because we still live in a corrupt world. Bad things are happening to us. Uh, uh, grievous things are happening to us. But we have this knowledge now. There's this message of hope. This message of joy that we have been told that the Savior has come and has taken the curse away and sorrow he himself. Actually, the Bible, the prophet Isaiah says, he says he became the man of sorrow himself. Jesus took upon himself our griefs and sorrows so that uh, we could have his joy. He took our shame and made it his own so that we could have his joy. Amen. And now, the angels come and they say, we have a reason to be joyful. We have a reason to be joyful. Amen. You know, we live in a world where uh, the devil is uh, offering us counterfeits of joy. We think that uh, if we go out, we take a substance, we put it into our bodies, we will have joy. We go out and we think that if we have so many millions in our uh, bank accounts, we will have joy. Uh, we go out, we think that if I get married to this woman, I'm going to have joy. I think that if I have a baby, I'm going to have joy. I think that if I have this or I have that, I'm going to have joy. The, the world has a way of defining joy uh, that is really just a counterfeit because it does not last. If I have joy because of my wife, what happens when my wife dies? If I have joy because of my children, what happens when I lose my children? Uh, does it mean that my life stand, I mean, stands still? Does it mean that I cannot have the hope of experiencing joy in my life? If uh, anything that we look at as a source of joy that is temporary is really not a good source of joy. The real good source of joy is the knowledge that we have been redeemed, we have been forgiven, we have been uh, given a chance to go back to the Father, to have a relationship with the Father, and to know that we have a future uh, that is glorious, to know that we are waiting for that moment when God will bring everything to conclusion and he will wipe every tear from our eyes, to know that we have a promise not only for this life, in fact... Uh, the Apostle Paul says, if we believe God only for this life, we are the most to be pitied. Of all people, we should be pitied if our faith in Christ is only for this life. But the good thing about our faith is that it does not also, we are not these people who are just living on hope for the future. But we have hope now. We have joy now. We can experience joy now. But we know that we are going to a greater joy then. Amen. We can experience the joy of the Holy Spirit now. In fact, God, uh, the Bible, when it speaks about the kingdom of God, it says, 
The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we can experience the kingdom of God now. Righteousness, joy, and peace. Oh, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. But while we are waiting for that great day of the Lord, when he will come and will be caught up in glory, we can experience joy now. Amen. We can experience joy in the midst of trouble. Uh, we count it all joy when various trials come because there's something we know. Uh, it is that we have been redeemed and we have been made heirs of God. We have been forgiven and our joy comes not from things outside of us but from within us. We draw from the deep wells of the Holy Spirit in our souls, uh, the deposit of the Holy Spirit in our souls. That's where we draw from. And a Christian experiences this type of joy that really does not make sense sometimes. Because you could be uh, going through a very tough time and then you still have deep down this sense of joy. In your spirit. You may not feel it. Your body may be hurting. Your, your mind may be troubled. But you can still go to that point. To that space. Where you can experience joy. Because it is not dependent on things. That we can see or touch or feel. It's dependent on the truth. That will never change. That we are sons and daughters of the most high God and we are loved by the greatest heart ever and we are celebrated he does not treat us according to our weaknesses he treats us according to what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross and we know that will never change and we can put our faith in that our joy comes and springs from that understanding that the Messiah the seed has come and the Redeemer has come and the curse has been removed and now we can enjoy an unbroken fellowship with the Father. That's joy for us. That's what is available to us in Jesus Christ. That's why we can sing that his goodness is running after us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. That's all I had to share with you this morning. May God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. That's cool, man. Don't like, don't end. Bernard is preaching next week. I'm glad I'm not. Nah. That's cool. Because <laughs> a week to get over that. That's amazing. Thank you, Andate. Um, Father, we receive your joy this morning, Lord God, in our in our lives, Lord God. Uh, <clears throat> Lord, I know it's it's easily said to not look at things, and it's hard to experience, Lord. Uh, but it's not hard for you, Lord. I'll pray that we would, uh, we would by your grace, you would come now and you would help us to, to take our eyes off the things that steal our joy, Lord. And, uh, and the things that, that would look to rob it or look to distract us, Lord. And, and that you would do this in us now, Lord. That it wouldn't even be something that we muster up with that. But that now, Lord, we would be able to behold you, Lord. To understand, just as we caught glimpses as Tate Brown preached, Lord, that... The joy that comes, Lord, from knowing who we are in you, Lord God. Eternal, Lord. I'll pray as we enter into this season, into this week, Lord, that joy would mark us out, Lord. That we'd be identified as yours, Lord, by the joy that we carry, Lord, in all our situations, Lord. 
It's our inheritance, Lord. It's something that you want for us. And so, Lord, we say that we receive it today from you. We look to you for it, Lord God. I'll try and achieve it, Lord. We say that it comes from you. You're the Messiah. You're the seed. You're the Redeemer. And we receive it today in Jesus' name. I'll pray over you guys. The Lord's going to bless you this week. He's going to keep you. He's going to cause his face to shine upon you. He'll be gracious to you. He'll lift up his countenance upon you. And he'll give you peace this week in Jesus' name.